In this episode, we will be having a look at ethical banking, particularly in the context of corporate social responsibility. There are so many theoretical definitions for ethical banking, everything ranging from being environmentally friendly, having a net neutral carbon footprint, not doing business with partners who are involved in non-sustainable sectors, to even ways in which you can reinvest back into the community. Most of these initiatives can be found in a company's Corporate Social Responsibility or CSR manifesto. It has almost become an essential part of managing a bank's brand and how that brand is perceived. These aims all sound very notable and noble, but are these causes just ticks in the boxes designed to signal the right perception or is there some substance behind the rhetoric? Consumers are savvy when it comes to distinguishing between a hollow marketing message on delivering social well-being from a genuine contribution towards overall societal and planetary health. When it comes to ethical banking, there is no such magical formula that states what combination of activity determines an ethical operation. And now more so than ever, there is a need to rethink what business is and what doing business in the right way equates to. A working framework could help navigate how to reframe the CSR for genuine betterment, which is not only measurable, but could include some broader considerations. There's three specific areas that I would like to explore. Firstly, environmental factors. This consideration is geared around structuring business decisions in a way that also align with protecting the Earth's climate from further irreversible damage. Conducting business in a carbon neutral manner and minimising natural resource utilisation across business processes. In banking there is still far too much paper, despite a good number of global banks running paper reduction programmes and initiatives. Additionally, what the COVID pandemic has shown us is that it is possible to work from anywhere while travel restrictions remain in play for the majority of 2021. A conscious effort to balance virtual and physical interactions become key as we move forward. We should also reflect on the fact that one cannot replace the other and it is a sensible balance that is required. Some further thinking in this area could also include other factors that can really help drive this agenda. A few considerations come to mind. Fixing the basics. Some have been mentioned in the form of avoiding paper and being more discerning when it comes to business travel. Managing energy utilised across an entire business infrastructure is also key to evaluate. The introduction of specific key performance indicators or KPIs that monitor progress more easily so that attention can focus on those actions that make the biggest difference. The ability to message the intent across the whole organisation is vital. This is a top-down approach and needs to be presented as a new way of operating, working and thinking. Really enabling the pivoting of culture as opposed to being considered as a standalone initiative. The ability to propose these ideas to partners who work with you across the entire supply chain 
therefore allowing you to become a wider influence in the sphere of change, which allows the pay it forward principle to be amplified. The ability to co-opt customers into your vision so they understand exactly why you are operating the way you are and are able to identify why they should continue to use your bank or organisation. The second aspect is all to do with community centricity. Initiatives here centre around driving positive change for those people who make up the community in which a bank or business exists. Several of the initiatives under this banner normally appear as part of a company's CSR agenda. Not only are these initiatives vital for making a difference to the population who are served by banks, but they also make a big difference as to how a bank is perceived on an ethical level. It has become increasingly more commonplace for job seekers to look at a company's CSR strategy when deciding whether to apply to join an organisation. This consideration is increasingly important for the Gen Y employees and is becoming a key cornerstone for companies when looking at attracting and retaining top talent. All individuals need to feel that they are contributing to a wider purpose than just generating revenue and a well thought through and real CSR programme can help drive a level of connection with employees and communities that is beneficial for all. Several approaches can be seen at play here, and these aim to support a number of different drivers. Having a look at things that support local businesses, this could be via offerings, education, and the overall support in surviving and thriving in challenging times. Injecting funding into areas that help vulnerable people through working with a number of charities to accelerate existing efforts. Supporting food banks and just volunteering help in times of crisis, just as we have experienced over the last 14 months. Supporting digital inclusion by offering education, equipment or to individuals that may have not had the opportunity or availability previously. Staying connected and having the ability to understand how all of this can be done is key when people are not able to meet so freely in a face-to-face -face environment. Lastly, we have the theme of education, diversity and talent. A hot topic across the banking industry in particular. A study conducted by Manpower Group in 2019 illustrated challenges with global talent with a deficit expected to double over the next decade. Manpower reported in January 2020 that 54% of companies report skill shortages with businesses in 36 of 44 countries finding it increasingly more difficult to attract talent in comparison to 2018. Similarly, the 54% skill shortage percentage in the US is 69%, in Mexico 52, Italy 47 and Spain 41. All of these regions reporting an acute skills shortage. This becomes a serious concern 
as the nature of work changes, with the advent of more technology-assisted job functions. There is also perhaps one of the areas that can be tackled more easily as challenges and opportunities are easier to spot. If we specifically think about education, skills and talent in the, in the context of digital technologies that under underpin most professions going forward, a series of small actions can yield significant benefits. A small sample of things could include the ability to donate organisational time to free courses that can be run for all segments of the community, or even launching education portals that can enable more individuals access to content that they've never had before. Supporting digital learning through active involvement with the education sector to drive awareness of the options available or potential career paths. Particularly with the advent of AI, programming becomes a vital consideration for any education programme. We have seen a very conscious effort across several countries to globally make things like the K-12 computer science programme mandatory. Creating apprenticeship schemes directed towards formal educational qualifications and experience. Co-creating programmes with schools, colleges or universities to drive the aim of getting more homegrown talent into emerging sectors. Calibrating work environments and ways of working to cater for different requirements across diverse workforces. One size, in fact, does not fit all. And it is important to understand this if any organisation is going to manage its skills gap. Supporting diversity in a constructive way and supporting a more inclusive work culture. This is not just about managing quotas, but carefully managing the balance of teams to ensure that there is benefit for the organisation in having diversity, more in the form of mindset, attitude and thinking style. And this also helps individuals to do their best work and grow professionally. These three considerations presented here are again not exhaustive and merely aim to scratch the surface and stimulate thinking of what it really means to operate in the right way in banking today. In my view, this framework is a starting point and not an end point and serves to be more of a compass when it comes to thinking about authentically positioning to become an ethical bank. We should note that some players have already paved the way for others and we have much to learn from CSR pioneers like Triodos, Springbank and the Co-op Bank. There is much work to do in this space but that also means we have much value to add across our communities and to our environment. With great power we see within banks comes great responsibility. Hence, there is an even bigger call to action to make sure this responsibility is front and centre of mind. All of the time, not some of the time. And it definitely is not just about a PR rush. For more information on key topics across the disruption agenda within banking, please visit bankingdisrupted.club.